0: Zaffron Ensemble is going to play a piece of yours, right? When? I, I didn't know. Really?
1: No, I know that they did in the literarish Colloque. Yeah. But it was like a private performance only for people coming from for uh, this conference. But uh, I didn't know that they will do it again. I think they're going to do it again. When? I don't know. Okay.
0: July 3rd? I was thinking of going July to it. July 3rd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. Okay.
1: okay. Oh. Nice. If you're around, <laughs> you should go to it. I mean, they're
0: really good players.
1: Yeah. But the piece they performed in the literary Colloque was very, very old piece. Okay. Anyway, for me, it was interesting. Very interesting. My oldest. How work. old is it? Uh Luna de enfrente is a trio for uh, viola, uh, cello, and contrabass, double bass, and uh, written in the 80s. So it's one of the few survivor (laughs) pieces because I have selected uh, my catalog, and there are very few compositions of that period that can be performed yet. And Luna de enfrente is one of these.
0: Do you do that every once in a while? Do you just go through your catalog and you're like, I hate this, nobody can perform this. I hate this, <laughs> yes. nobody can perform this. Too much. How often, do you, much. How often do you do that? Yeah,
1: it's not a regular, it's not a law, but in the end, I think uh, every five years, I yeah, I do something like a selection, in the sense the scores are there, are also published most of the time. And... Uh, I keep a complete list of my work, but then I propose a sort of selected works and when people is asking me directly i I can say, "No, please, I don't want you to perform these old pieces because they are not anymore. Of course, they are a part of my virtual catalogue, but they are not anymore in the catalogue I would like to present.
0: What if they love it though? What if they like, "Oh, I heard this piece?" I love it, I want to perform it.
1: No, no. For example, now the Hochschule uh, of Karlsruhe, they wanted to perform all my solo piano works uh, written and composed in the beginning of the 80s. And I told them, no, please, because uh, for me it's also a very important situation. It's a, a big festival of the Hochschule and i cannot present myself with this kind of uh, composition i'm very happy that i did but now for example i would like in two or three years maybe to go back to this composition and to do a new version and i don't have time now and i don't want to present myself with a concert for solo piano composition it's not my way to present myself. Okay. And yeah. they were uh, not so positive about my... What did they say? No, they say so why not? We asked to do run. Everything is published and we have a pianist. We don't have... A. But then in the end, I think they will do a recent piece for a Cello and Piano that is a theatrical piece. And so we were searching for a sort of compromise. But most of the time, people asking for... Uh, Old score and then when I'm answering, but uh, to tell the truth, I would prefer not to have this performance and maybe you can look to something else and then they are uh, not so happy. And most of the time the dialogue is broken.
0: How do they do that? Oh, what do you mean dialogue is broken? Like what they hang up on, they hang up the phone and you never hear
1: them again? Or? No, because this is just via email, so they just don't answer But But for me, it's really very important to have a performative life that is something that I like. And then, of course, in, in in the future, everybody will be free to perform my composition because when it's published and I cannot say really no all the time.
0: Do you feel like you have to control your image like that? You don't mm-hmm. think it's a, re- a good representation of you, that piece? Uh uh-huh. So you said no. And that's you kind of controlling the way people know your music. Mm -hmm. I know other composers that don't do that. And they say it was in the past, but that was me at that time. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. So perform it. Maybe it's not the type of music they're writing now. Maybe they see flaws in that music, but they're okay with it. Do do you feel like you have to control your...
1: I have the feeling my compositional life was so long because I started so early. I don't know how much early even because uh, I don't remember exactly when, but I remember myself writing music and then from uh, the age of 16 I have uh, some composition debts were then published not uh, when I was uh, 16 but uh, when I was 20 I started to publish with a little uh, uh, music published houses in Italy some very early no, composition that's, that's and a really now young. it's a, such a long history and uh, I was having uh, so many uh, changement of direction and searching for uh, such a different kind of uh, result that for me it's really comfortable to my performative uh, idea have to be i think uh, coherent with what i'm searching now but of course it's a little bit a a capriccio because uh, i i don't know how much i have the right to do it and sometimes i also very sorry because for a composer is always so difficult to say no I don't want to have this concert, I don't want you to perform these pieces. It's something against me, but I think I was composing so much and without any break. And of course there are some compositions that are composition in between, compositions that were like reaction to what I was writing before and preparation for something more important than... There are composers that have a very selected production Uh, they are waiting and then uh, each composition is something uh, that is uh, very important for them and for me it's more uh, something in continuity and so i think it's natural that then i can uh, go back to my composition and say okay this is a representative of what i'm searching and this also if i think is A different historical moment of my life. And this piece is not something that can be performed now. And I'm a a composer active, and I cannot be so much far away from my music. So you
0: write a lot of music then? Mm hmm. So, how much music do you write a year? I mean, like minute-wise or piece-wise. How many kilos? (laughs) Yeah, oh my God, see, that's why. See, if you have to weigh it, Uh, that's a
1: lot. Now, now in the last years, of course, I had the chance to have uh, so many commissions that were completely (laughs) in coincidence with my wishes. So many commission uh, of projects that I, I was thinking to do and this pressed me to work so much and uh, now for example uh, I just finished the second intermezzo for the Semper Opera in Dresden that is subplot and uh, the first intermezzo was contrascena and these two intermezzo are a part of a chamber opera that I will realized as a complete opera in a one year, next season but this was uh, just after a new piece for dance Ensemble contemporain, uh, starting from Debussy. So a very complex uh, situation, very difficult piece. And now I'm already uh, working on an action concert piece for uh, the Collegium Novum in Zurich, that is also very difficult, complex instrumental theater. And I know that normally I should have uh, taken some pause in between these three compositions and uh, every other composer maybe would. But for me it's, it's okay because I'm feeling in a really right moment uh, and I have the impression that the, the um, tiredness I can feel is something that is somehow helping me to think about the new composition. That is also the moment at the day in which I'm feeling really tired to go on. And of course, all the work is completely slow. <laughs> and <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> it's a, a strange rallentando of the writing, and not only in the... Uh, and so I, I have the impression that anyway... In these stretched days, I'm doing things that are surprising me compositionally. And so I'm not stopping. I I will not stop because I will start this big opera for Mannheim and I'm late. So I know that in front of me, there will be two years of very, very intensive uh, compositional work.
0: So the exhaustion is what inspires you?
1: Somehow it's a sort of uh, waves coming uh, and coming back in which I can uh, have a different uh, level of reflection on what I'm doing. But of course, a composer can have a pause, a break, and to do some reflection about what... uh, When was
0: the last break you took?
1: Ah, yeah. (laughs) I I don't remember yet because it's since a while I'm working without any real break. Do you think
0: that you wouldn't have to go back to your catalog and take out a certain percentage if you were like the other type of composer that you you picked and choose and you had long breaks between pieces and...
1: Probably, yes. I think uh, I know uh, other composers of my age that are working since they are really young and the catalogue is really reduced, if you can compare with my catalogue. And I know that they were really taking a a sort of strong, uh, dark pause in between the pieces. They are still... uh, performed in all the period of their production. And I think, uh, of course, it can work much better like this, but it's something that the composer cannot really decide because for me... You can uh, decide. Why can't you decide that? No, because for me, the the writing, I can write music if this is something in continuity, if it's something uh, that is coherent and is daily. If not, uh, uh, I have problem in my connection with my writing. For me it's really important that it's something like a daily exercise. Of course now I'm here in Berlin, I'm doing uh, I'm not working I'm just attending the new opera of Helmut Hering. this evening I will listen to recitation of Apergis. Tomorrow I have meeting in Dresden, so it's Again, a day without any writing. So it happens. But in general, it's very important for me that I can do it every day. Every day. So of course, every day doesn't mean that I'm uh, writing. uh, (laughs) But I'm staying with my score. I'm listening and thinking and making sketches and then writing also definitive parts. And it's such a long, a complex work and I need it every day. So
0: you need constant, you need a constant connection to production mm-hmm. in your life. What would happen to you if you took a break?
1: <laughs> I don't know because I don't remember since I was 16 year old. Oh my
2: God.
1: I don't remember. Ah, oh, yeah, I remember the only long period uh, that I had without of right uh, music was the year I spent in the IRCAM in Paris for the Cursus Annual uh, because it was such intense program of uh, different stages and then uh, all the programming attempt I did uh, and with I, I have to say very interesting people that were They were really capturing all my attention and I was having really no time and no energy to compose. But... This for me was really a trauma a traumatic year because of this. I was apparently very excited and happy to be there because there comes like a swimming pool. And when you go <laughs> inside you, know, you have the impression but I am a fish. Why no. I was not all the time inside this cold uh, nice water swimming here no. because it's like a paradise. For a composer. I,
0: I think of it as a toy store for composers. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, but I was having the chance to work with really interesting people doing a special research on that time. And then I met Tristan Murai, that was also very important for me as a professor of composition. But in the end of the year, I was producing just a piece for viola and electronics. Nothing. That I cancelled suddenly from my catalog because I was not at all happy about it. So you spent
0: a year working on one piece and then you canceled it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. or I mean, it got performed, but then you removed it from your catalog. Performance you said, no, just,
1: uh, the just in the concert uh, in the end of the cursus, and then I removed it from my catalog. It was so a drama.
0: Okay. So removing, so removing your brain from production from that year. What happened to it? How did you? Did it change the way you think?
1: Or? Yes. Yes, it was uh, in a way very positive because it was also the same year in which I was uh, finish my. Thesis, doctoral thesis that was uh, something concerning a completely different aspect of musical life and history and uh, this was uh, my analysis of the influence of Wagner in the French composer uh, of the last part of the 19th century just concerning the orchestral writing and uh, François Lessure my professor he was a fantastic and really strict professor and analyst for this period so I was in a special situation in this superimposition imposition of dirkham in a side and then my study of this kind of musical literature and then of course was in a side traumatic but I was starting a completely new Way to compose and to work on my... But you wouldn't have done that
0: without the break.
1: Yes, but this was really, uh, for me, incredibly important to, in a side, to know what was possible uh, to do with uh, computer music in the sense of uh, analysis of instrumental music and uh, transformation, elaboration of this data. This was really incredibly interesting for me on the other side I have to say that this uh, study of the Wagner uh, orchestral uh, writing and so also this was influencing uh, my writing uh, very much and um, of course uh, in my life there were no other strong occasion like this because of the Cursus Anuale uh, of the IRCAM and the doctoral thesis with someone like François Lissure are two things that you cannot (laughs) have every year. eh? It's not so...
0: What did you get out of IRCAM? Because I ask Eric, so many people have been through there.
1: For me it was um, a very interesting uh, period because uh, I was living in Paris, I was living in the Ile Saint-Louis, and the uh, intense work I was doing uh, with uh, Murail and uh, François Lesur, my, I was going to Dirkam uh, working on my viola sound because I spent this year analyzing this viola sound and it was so strong for me. And
0: What do you mean by strong? Like. I
1: was because I, uh, the viola was uh, since ever my ideal instrument for my I, I'm not a violist but was the viola the instrument I, I wanted to write for and I wrote before there come many pieces for solo viola and I still sometimes uh, every the, there is this uh, every five years selection of my catalog and also there is something that is coming back every five, uh, six, seven years that it's a, a solo piece for Viola, something that I will do just for myself and it's very, very important for me. So this years spent to analyze the possibility and the reality inside the, the viola sound and what I could have done then as an uh, elaboration of this sound, but especially what was inside this sound was for me fantastic. The reaction was dramatic because I was not working for myself. What I have done was exactly the opposite I would have done, but I think this is very important in the life of a composer that you are searching for something and you are not able to realize it. Because then after a while... Well, it's the reality
0: for a composer. You you never get it 100%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And this
1: for me was uh, exaggerated (laughs) because it really really was uh, horrible the result, but after some years... Wait,
0: wait, what, what made the result horrible?
1: Uh, Yeah, because I was not at all happy about the program I was uh, building. I was uh, uh, able to program, but in a very rude way. They wanted me to be able to be independent. They were having on this moment this idea, the selected composer for the cursus. They have to be composer in the the departure of this. And then uh, they have to realize a sort of uh, independence and to be able to program themselves the instrument, no? the, the program, so that you can have the same uh, yeah, the skill, but also liquidity on your, what you are doing as a composer when you are writing, because uh, you know all the technical stuff you need, and you can go on, you can write. And they would have liked us to become uh, people able to use the informatic. Electronic elaboration on the same way, like a compositional way. But of course, uh, in one year it was impossible. For me, it was impossible, and I was not at all happy about my own programming uh, of my piece. And this was a really. Uh, Big lesson because I decided, okay, there is something that I cannot do. I would never reach the same level in programming the live electronic that I have in writing my music. So I, needs to be helped. This is clear. This was clear for me (laughs) that it was impossible to do live electronics without uh, someone helping me. That's interesting.
0: But all that time you spent learning how to work that program, you didn't consider that composing?
1: Uh, Yes. I think that elaboration of the live uh, electronics is something that is completely in the compositional side and this is why I think it's so strange this character of the musical assistant because of course uh, in all the production of electronic music all the work done by the programmer is a, a compositional work and this is why maybe the ideal is to have a composer able to do it alone. And when it's not like this, I think that the, the, the right things should be to put the two names in the composition, which is the, it's an open discussion because often the musical assistant are so skilled, so special, and they have their own personalities and compositional idea. And I think that it's not possible to say this is my piece when all the live electronics is programmed by another composer. Yeah, but you I know? think
0: that's... I I think that's... Fu- if, if you say that that's not my piece and it's a collaboration, mm-hmm. that's fine. You don't have to own every bit of a piece of art for it to still have the same effect on
1: people. Yeah, yeah but normally the, all these uh, compositions are presented uh, like the composition of the composer and then some sometimes the live electronics is just... Added, and this is a big work, much more deep compositional level made by someone else that is never. Okay, anyway, after uh, this year of Dirkham, I did uh, a big work with the experimental studio in Freiburg. So I was having the possibility there to go back to my viola solo piece and in four years of collaboration we did a sort of a cd with a different composition uh, produced by the studio for solo viola and viola and live electronics also we did two tape music pieces starting from the, mate- the viola material so in the moment in which i was in the IRCAM, it was a, like a tragic Result because I I didn't have any commission, any engagement from Dirkham. I was uh, just in a desert because uh, also compositionally I was uh, having this big break and I was really a little bit lost. But then I can say all I have done on this year was having very positive uh, consequences in the other production in the future for me it was good
0: but right now i mean i'm going to say this one more time i mean right right now your life doesn't have the possibility for you to take a break and have big important consequences <laughs> for future production right because you're going and going and going and going and going yeah and going.
1: but i think now after this uh, because i have to finish the um, composing uh, this uh, uh, chamber opera Metastasio for the Semper Opera and I will do this big opera for Soli, Choir, Orchestra uh, with the Libretto of Cavazzoni for Mannheim and then I'm not taking uh, other engagement because uh, I think after this uh, big engagement because to write 90 minutes of music for orchestra, choir soul, is such A big thing, and it's like to enter a tunnel, and then in one year, one year and a half, I will be again uh, somehow free. And I don't want to decide now what I will do, so I'm uh, somehow projecting a sort of break because I'm not taking and not accepting a commission. For after okay, right. because I think I will be a completely different person, a completely different composer because <laughs> the a, one big opera can change a composer it's not only the composer doing the opera also the opera doing the composer and uh, I'm so happy I'm in the beginning of this experience and I feel that it's really the the real moment that I'm super prepared and I want to do it, but of course this will involve all my energies, all my possibilities. Uh, It's uh, the maximum I can do. I'll be
0: interested to see how happy you are at the end of this project. (laughs) I'm probably not as happy as you are now. (laughs) I would have to to guess.
1: I don't know. I don't know. This is gonna sound.
0: Kind of weird and abstract, but what do you actually consider composing then? Like, do you consider... Because for me, that ear cam experience, like you learning how to work a program all day Mm -hmm. and gaining the facilities to use that and apply it to the viola, for me, that counts as composing. Like, for for example, like what I'm doing, I'm running a piece for two pianos and two percussionists right now. What I'm doing at the moment is just... Recording samples of inside the piano sounds. Mm -hmm. I go to a studio, I have a grand piano, I put a microphone in the piano and I record these things and then I save them and I listen to them later and then I get ideas from that. For me, that's a day of composing. Even though technically I'm not really doing anything so creative that day, I'm just collecting samples.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm still kind of processing stuff and getting ideas. And although I haven't written any notes down on a page or actually any music yet for the piece, I'm still composing. Is that the same for you? Like, what do you consider composing? Do you consider the preparation of a piece composing?
1: Yeah. Yes, of course. Everything. Uh, when I do something with live electronics and collecting uh, samples, it's a very important compositional moment for me, of course. But I, I'm not uh, having uh, the live electronics in everything. I'm doing.
0: But other pieces could be like you're writing an opera and then you kind of spend the whole day. I'm, I'm doing a hypothetical here. I'm not saying this is what you do, but you move things around on a graph. You're coming up with large scale forms. You're you know, taping large pieces of paper to the wall so you can see the whole thing. Yeah, of like, course, that's the composition you, right?
1: of an opera is such a complex uh, yeah. a situation that is involving also so many people around you. First of all, the dialogue with the libertist that is... Uh, really important but not only with the liberties but also the dramaturg so it's not only preparation of material but also the kind of uh, discussion that is around the subject around the development all this is influencing the, the the score, of course, and this is why for me it's such a special mm-hmm. experience because it's also a social experience. Mm-hmm. I'm not alone with my piece for solo viola, but I have to say also uh, when I have worked so intensively for four years with breaks, but in a sort of continuity with the experimental studio of Freiburg, as there was a sort of a community around my production, uh, the my the assistant, the performer, because it all was in collaboration with uh, Reinhold Bright and with uh, Barbara Maurer as a violist. So we were quite every day together. And also this was very interesting for me because I was not alone in my studio and I was searching for a special language because it's a compositional language the moment in which you are uh, um, discussing things with your team. is something that is part of the composition but is something for which you have to develop a special communication and you are building this alphabet of communication with the people that are supposed to produce with you something and so yeah in the case of the opera it's so many things uh, because of preparation of musical material and uh, also i consider uh, a very strong compositional uh, fast the listening i'm doing there are some uh, opera that are uh, some Existing scores that are very important for me, and uh, when I'm projecting myself into such a big project, everything I'm doing is something that will have uh, consequences. Then, so I consider all this, of course, Composing. composition. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's
0: okay. That's that. That makes yeah. things a little bit more acceptable for me. The way you work. <laughs> like I thought when you said I have to compose every day, you sat down. Every day, yeah, and wrote down dots on a piece of paper.
1: Yeah, of but, course, because every day there is also something like this. Of course. Oh, okay.
0: Well, every I'm, day I'm, I'm,
1: or quite I'm, every day, it's a some the all the different way to search for uh, this opera are somehow in parallel. But of course, to realize a score that involve the public for. Uh, Maybe three hours of their life because of the, you have opera, sometimes you have breaks. It's something uh, that needs a lot of time to be realized. Yeah, because yeah, sometimes yeah. a composer like me, for example, sometimes you are blocked on a bar for two days. You are working on one bar that is just a fragment of second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know that you have to reach a complete and, evening oh I
0: just spent seven hours on one three thousandth of the opera <laughs> or something like that yeah and, oh, and it's
1: normal and I like very much this timing of the because of course the opera the music theater is a question of timing when it's working Is working because uh, there is a strategy on the way the composer and the librettist and all the team are presenting the things, the way the public is involved in going inside something that is not just absolute music, but is involving text and visual apparatus. And um, yes, there is a moment in which Everything is a sort of a enormous slowdown slow because you are on a very special and particular things for hours. So you have a, a, the timing of your composing and your switching intuitionition text and uh, information and discussion and composing it 's a special timing that it 's not the real timing of the opera, but of course it 's also influencing the opera and uh, for example it 's very interesting for me that there are some composers that have uh, suffered more than other that are more sensible than other for this kind of compositional timing. Wait,
0: say that again. I don't understand that.
1: Yeah. For example, Wagner was also saying the time I'm taking doing this score. You can imagine how much time Wagner was then alone in the table, writing every pitch. It's a time. It's a big time. And he was saying, okay, I can see my work the result of this compositional time I see in my score where my compositional timing left a, a track something that it's like stones and I have also this uh, impression that the timing of my composing is something that I can see then in the definitive timing of my theatrical works and this makes the composition alive like something like happening you know, for me it's it, life. believe it or
0: not i think actually your lifestyle of composing so much it's much easier for you to create an internal connection to the actual timing of the music mm-hmm. but if you're writing a piece if you're doing 30 minutes of music a year mm-hmm. and you're spending all this time vast amounts of time on this one little thing then it's actually hard to feel. I mean, you might it doesn't mean you're going to get the timing wrong for the piece, mm-hmm. but it's uh, much harder to feel it intuitively.
1: Yeah, uh, it's not a question of speed because, but it's question of, of continuity. It's a question. Yeah, if maybe that's a better way of putting it. The yeah, yeah, compositional yeah. act is part of the, your daily life. So your life is that, also with some. Uh, recurrence or uh, strange moment or moment in which you are out (laughs) you go to a concert and so but you know that daily you have this contact with the score that of course can be seen uh, like illness (laughs) from most of people but for me it's something quite normal i think uh, could be also That a composer uh, uh, writing very few pieces in the whole life can do fantastic things, and there are uh, big composers that have uh, stopped it for uh, years to write music. So something uh, completely personal, like life, is something different for uh, everybody, and this is not affecting the quality of the result but of course for some composer it's very important to have a continuity and for some others it's not so important this is just uh, something that is originated by how to say, an orchestra of different elements. Of course, you have to be able to organize also your life in a way that you can work. And not for everybody is possible. And you have to take many decisions when you are very, very young, for example, and not for everybody is possible. And I think I was able to take some strong decision because uh, I remember when I decided I will be a composer and this was uh, a decision forever was clear to me and still now that so many years are passed by I don't see any other uh, real uh, reason to Mm. wake up in the morning Jesus (laughs)
0: It's terrible. <laughs> it's really Wait a second. <laughs> don't you have like a husband and kids and don't you have like a, little, you don't, <laughs> you yeah, wake up yeah. to them and you're I like, this a is a good
1: too? I have everything, okay. <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah. no, of course I can say, this is a period in which I can say I'm Happy in my private life, yeah. for example. But I cannot say I'm a happy. I'm a happy composer. Everything is going so well in my private life. But this is completely independent from my decision to dedicate myself, especially to this every day. They don't affect there one is...
0: another. They don't bleed into one another. Your private life. I'm gonna have to get into your private life. But like, whatever is going on in your private life doesn't affect, but uh, your composing does.
1: I think, yes, but there's nothing um, that you can see directly, nothing that is so evident, but of course, yes. I I have the feeling that in this moment, the way my private life is going so well, I'm I'm so happy because of the family, of course, but also the configuration of people around me in different level of... uh, Intimacy and friendship is so going so well that makes me maybe more uh, positive and calm and uh, to say self convinced about this big work I'm. Uh, trying to do now that maybe then is a catastrophe (laughs) the opera (laughs) (laughs) that is not I think not influencing the quality again once again the continuity and the life organization your daily life your uh, uh, opportunity to be happy and to have uh, some uh, positive uh, things from the other around you of course are influencing your work but you cannot Affect the quality of the work because of this. This These are two completely different. Okay, uh, I see what
0: you mean. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You think that has to do with you moving to Germany?
1: So my. I mean, we.
0: we, This is. I mean, just let me preface this. We we actually did an interview before, and then we talked about this a little bit. Mm -hmm. That you were in Rome and then Salerno, was it or something? Yeah. And you were teaching there, and you were talking about oh, there's no opportunities in Rome. It's not a good. Mm -hmm. It's not a good place. Mm -hmm. And then. Almost every project you have going, like this opera and uh, this concert you just had. You had a piece at Merz Music and all all these opportunities. I think they're German. They're all German-based, right? Mm. Neue Vocalist in Stuttgart. You, yeah. you, you do a bunch of stuff yeah, for,
1: for me, the, the meeting uh, with the New Vocal Solisten uh, this was very important for me because it was the beginning of uh, a strong relation with uh, an ensemble that is an ensemble of contemporary written music it's a little bit of my family you know, the written contemporary written music but at the same time uh, they are uh, really a sort of uh, positive uh, ensemble that wants to have uh, a positive impact uh, with the public, wants to create a public. And so they are uh, hyper-communicative and somehow also very theatrical in their way to perform uh, vocal music. And this was uh, a special connection uh, for me because uh, I am i was but i still uh, decompose that is just writing uh, alone in the room concentrated on every details i can put into my score as like if my score was the only things that i can give then <laughs> to an ensemble nothing else no word no my presence just I'm working in a way that my score is collecting everything I can say. And then I want to disappear. I don't want to stay there.
0: What you thought your job as a composer was to just make a document. And everything has to be in that document. You give it to them. And it doesn't matter if you're there, if you have any input beyond that yeah, but right.
1: with them somehow it's like this. But with them I was really uh, I was really lucky because they take my scores and they add everything that I cannot in the sense that they want my scores to be hyper communicative with the public. They have the right uh, attitude and personalities to do it, and also in a limited world. Like contemporary music, you can have a public, but not such a stadium full of public, of course. But in this uh, uh, relatively closed world, that is normal, they uh, were doing so many concerts, also with my music, touching so many different cities from uh, Moscow and Buenos Aires and Madrid, Cities where I would never (laughs) go, and they were having uh, such positive uh, impact and uh, feedback from them, and so I think uh, this connection uh, with uh, a very explosive, expansive uh, ensemble was uh, uh, for my music, for my theatrical research really the most important meeting I should have had, because I know now other ensemble of, other vocal ensembles that have uh, uh, not at all the same attitude of the naive Vocal Sodist, and this uh, freedom and this happiness to be there and to do, to perform uh, this difficult music.
0: What's, what's the attitude of the other
1: ensembles? So they, if we can speak about uh, Illyard Ensemble or... Uh, well, you don't uh, have to names. I mean, Skola yeah, Heidelberg yeah. or, uh, for example, uh, the Nordic Voices also would like to have a new composition for me. But they are much more uh, serious in a way, much more connected with the score. They feel themselves much more reader of the score, and they want to be of course precise and they don't want to expose themselves as a performer
2: yeah,
1: yeah, and yeah, yeah. then I uh, have something different because mm. they want to be also strong at performative level they pressed me to do more and more theatrical music they wanted me to to write pieces in which their skills and their personalities and their uh, way to be in the scene not, was... They're
0: not saying write a piece, they're like write a piece for us.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. but also in a way to expose them, to create a sort of musical exposure of someone that is not uh, the same to be, uh, I'm a... Uh, uh, improviser, I'm a performer, I'm a vocalist. No? In contemporary music there are many, many, many new ones. They are not vocalists, in the sense that they are not people using their voices in order to present themselves as performer-composer. But at the same time they have this attitude. And so, together with them, my music was more and more theatrical, in the sense that was more and more connected with the virtual presence of characters and uh, with a sort of a libretto. So every piece I wrote for them, it's somehow oh, a little opera, in theory. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is why I call it the because without scene, without costume, but the public suddenly received this information, they are characters.
2: to go just yeah. done Non è vero che sei morto? Three, uh, yeah, uh, oh, oh. Non ce ne sono che venga! Non ce ne sono che venga a salvarmi! No. How do you take that skill or that lesson
0: that you learned after working with them, how do you apply that to an orchestra? How do you apply that to an opera? How have you applied it beyond this group? No,
1: for me, for me, the work, this uh, 13 year of work with the New Yorkal system was really like a laboratory for uh, my making an opera. Bec- and uh, I, I can see now that also when, uh, for example, in the first intermezzo for the Semper Opera in Dresden, I was... Uh, been obliged to work with opera singers, but then uh, the work I've done with uh, the Noyau and uh, the, the um, fantastic seances we have had uh, before the first performance of a piece, the discussion with them, uh, the analyzing of the score during their were was so strong for me that now. Also when I work with opera singers I have the feeling that I can go deep and search for something that I was searching with the Noyovocal Solist and and I can apply somehow this. But your question is very interesting because I'm searching for something else now. And uh, of course, it's very important the relation with an ensemble. So I know, and I'm very sorry, that I don't have developed a relation with an ensemble instrumental ensemble in parallel with the... So the relation I have with the, the Noi Vocal Citizen is something very special. And I was not able to realize the same with an instrumental ensemble. Because I think if I would have been able to do this, I think also in my writing for... Uh, Instrument, I was able to develop something that I'm trying now. That is a sort of instrumental theater. So, for example, now I'm writing this new. I'm finishing this new piece for the Collegium Novum in Zurich, and this theatrical piece with a plot, characters, and everything, but no text. No scene, no costume. Every performer, every musician is a character. And this is clear for me, for them. How many players? So they are some soloist, the trombone, uh, contrabass flute, the cellist, and two viola players. And then uh, I have a sort of 10 musicians acting like percussionists but they are not percussionists. So their way to be percussionist are, is really reduced to very few, few instruments and not traditional uh, Do they know percussion. you're going to do this? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. This is and a they're, commission. They're, yeah. They know that it's a, a theatrical piece that will be performed together with pièce de Cher de Bussotti that was also a very interesting attempt to do music theatre in in a normal concert but now for me it's the first time i'm doing it without voices because bussati was developing this kind of uh, instrumental theater but of course uh, the, there was every time voices or anyway text and now on this case for me is the first experience i'm doing this piece that for me is a theatrical piece, action concert piece, without any text, without any voice saying text. And I'm writing for the musician in a way they can just in their musical performance, without to do nothing concerning the plot, express somehow their personalities as character. Of this, and the, and I think I don't have any special uh, relation with the Collegium Novo, yeah, It's a exactly. uh, yeah, commission. Yeah, right. And what, what
0: made Neue Vocalist in Stuttgart so good? Because that hmm. a you you were with them at Schloss Solitude, mm-hmm. and you got to know them individually, which takes time. But you don't have that opportunity here. So there might be a cello player that's going to be playing percussion instruments. He might, there might be something about him that you're, that would give you an idea saying, oh, I know exactly how to write for this part now because he's weird in this way or he's mm-hmm. conservative or mm-hmm. he's a cra- he's crazy person, but you'll never know because you're not spending time with him for eight months in a castle.
1: Yeah. yeah, but this is a challenge, something very interesting for me because I'm trying something Making a, the, giving a lot of indication uh, on my scores, of writing a lot, verbalizing a lot, what I really would like to obtain, and I know that they are open to music theater because they are they programmed for themselves a lot of concerts in which they are really borderline. It's concert happening concert theatrical concert and they have uh, had some experience but on this case I try to impose them something that is really extreme and I have the feeling uh, that is something completely new for me and of course for them if I was having the possibility to have uh, my own ensemble Instrumental ensemble a and, to, yeah. <laughs> and to experiment this kind of theater, of course, uh, also for me could have been much more simple, but I think this is a new step for me, and it's very important to do it before the opera, because uh, I will try it i don't want to have the orchestra in the dark, and then uh, people. Uh, shouting on the scene, no, this will not be my opera. Mm. I want to theatricalize the fact that a lot of musicians are pressed together and no one knows why they are inside the dark mm. space.
0: It's a, it's a, I, I agree. Okay, it's a new step for you, mm. but it's a step that's necessary and it's a step based on practicality and not ideology. You know what I mean? Like the ideal situation is for you to get to know every individual player. Yes. But practically, that's impossible for most situations.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So now you're in the situation where, okay, you've learned this lessons of how to kind of like bring out theatrical elements and people. But instead of working with the people, you're like you said before, use the word imposing it on them.
1: Yes, yeah. but there are many different strategies to do this because there are many composers that are working in music theater and theatricalizing also the concert and working with musicians, not only vocalists, in order to do theater. But often this is based on their relation with the special performer. And not everything is written in the score. And what I did with the Naio in these uh, 13 years was, yes, connected with the fact that I know their voices, their bodies, and their way to use their voices and their personalities so well that I can really write. I know exactly what I can do with it. But... Everything was written, there is nothing, nothing that was just left to their improvisation or intuition. I was uh, current wow. with uh, my idea that it was important to develop a special writing and to put everything in a sort of written form and so now this experience is helping me a lot because the, the, what I'm doing Okay, I I verbalize some indication in the sense I try to say to the instrumentalist what is my idea behind what is written in the music, but at the same time there is nothing that they have to improvise. Everything is completely written and uh, I think that this is a chance because uh, in the moment in which they are open to the code, everything is written in musical term, in the score, because uh, I think the musical writing is one of the most fantastic inventions <laughs> of humanity. So you have this code, of course it's a symbolic code, no? it's a, a forest of sin that you have to decode because you know the keys to, to open everything. But it's such a strong tradition that it's now universal, we can say, no? this kind of... Uh, musical writing and I, I'm i quite positive because I think that when a musician that is prepared for contemporary music so for reading something very complex sometimes very, and can read the score and the score is able to if I'm able to write down everything I would like to obtain And then, you know, the dramaturgy behind what was my meaning. I think we can reach, maybe not the realization I can have with the Noye Vocal but something that is for me really super important step now.
0: Well, I think that's a good place to end it. Thank you for doing this.
1: Okay. (laughs)